have a question for you. Have you ever felt like giving up? You ever reach that point where you're weary, weary from trying, wondering if all that you're doing will really make a difference? Some of you may feel that way right now. I think we all have those moments. Some things simply seem too big, overwhelming. And sometimes quitting looks like the better option. Florence Chadwick waded into the water off Catalina Island on July 4th, 1951. She was determined to be the first woman to swim those 21 miles from Catalina Island to the California coast. Now, she had some experience. She was the first woman to swim the English Channel both ways, successfully navigating that. But the challenge that day was not the distance. It was those freezing cold specific waters. The water was really cold. And then, of course, as she got there that day, there was a dense fog, not unusual for that area. It was so thick that she could hardly see the boat that was in front of her and the boat that was behind her. Now, the boats were there to help her stay on course and to keep the sharks away. Her mother was in the front boat. Her trainer was in the boat at the, boat the rear. But she could hardly see them. But she swam on and on, never seeing further than the boat in front of her. The cold began to take over. She began to complain about the water. She wanted to get out. Her mother then spoke up and cheered her on. Mother had done that many times. She was there doing it now. So she bucked up and swam a little bit further. And finally she said, I'm done. I can't do this. Her trainer encouraged her at that point. But she insisted that she was done and was getting out. She had been in the water, that bone-chilling water, for about 15 hours. And when she got out, she would discover just a few minutes later that she was within a half a mile of the California coast. She had no idea. She told a reporter, if I could have seen the land, I might have made it. Maybe you felt that way. Worn out, discouraged, sure you can't go on. It happens. It has happened through time, which is why Paul, the apostle, reminded the believers in Galatia that they've got to keep going, not to give up when it comes to doing good. This is no small statement that Paul makes. Turn to Galatians chapter 6, beginning in the ninth verse. So, let's not grow tired of doing good. Just the right time we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. You see, we share something in common with the folks in Galatia. There are times we're not sure if we're going to make it, that it's worth it. The Galatians, though, had a different context. Those early Christians might have wondered if what they were doing for Christ was going to make a difference. Of course they were seeing lives changed as we are, but there was something else going on. It is this massive Roman Empire. It's an empire which at that point was working to destroy their faith, to undo their efforts. I think it had to be hard to keep going. But Paul, like 
Florence Chadwick's mother, was out in front of the followers of Jesus, cheering them on, encouraging to never tire of doing good. Now, if you fast forward 1,700 years later, you find another follower of Christ doing the same thing. Different context, but that same principle. John Wesley, the founder of that renewal movement of the Church of England, which eventually would become the Methodist Episcopal Church, now known as the United Methodist Church, had a lot to say about life and about faith. And one of the areas that Wesley talked very frankly about was money. And one of the sayings linked to Wesley's sermons and to his writings about money is one that I know you've heard often. Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, for all the people you can, as long as ever you can. I love that phrase. Because it captures the essence of doing good as a natural thing to do. It's part of our living. To me, it's like breathing. Doing good is just what you do. Especially if you know the love of Jesus Christ. You don't think about it. You just do it. Last week we talked about doing good as all the means we can, all the ways we can. Those are good things. But today we're thinking about doing all the good in all the places we can at all the times we can. But what does that look like? It's one thing to have a phrase, but what does it really look like? Well, years ago, Bill Tinsley and David Bunch, both members of our church, and many of you know them, shared the beginning of a vision with our community. Now, I remember when I first heard the idea of a new park. We all soon found out that this was not going to be an ordinary park. This park would be grand, unparalleled, a gift to our community. It would be free to everyone who came, and no tax dollars would be used to construct it. Bonnet Springs Park would be built on the site of what was once the largest rail yard in Florida. That rail yard was abandoned 40 years ago. It sat overgrown, it was polluted, virtually unusable. It was not the kind of place you would take your friend if you wanted to show him Lakeland. In fact, most of us would avoid it because, quite frankly, it wasn't a good place. But David and Bill saw that the time had come to do good, that it was the right time. And they knew that this place was right, where most people wanted nothing to do with it. They could see it differently. They saw what most of us never saw. So I went and met with them at Bonnet Springs Park, and I asked them why they believed this was the place to create a new park. They didn't hesitate. They immediately started sharing the potential for doing good in this place. But rather than me telling you about it, watch this video. first started this project, Bill Tinsley and Barnett Barnett and I would walk over this route or ride over it and, uh, and 
Number one, be amazed that after 150 years of life of this city, we had 200 acres in the middle of it to work with. That is the genius and the miracle of this whole thing is we had a place to do it. But it had been sitting here for 40 years after the railroad left. In those early years, it was a rough place. It was a place that was a challenge to um, to all of our, our uh Civil service units, the fire department, police department were challenged with this location being abandoned and so large. Uh, it impacted the, the, and challenged all of the neighborhoods that surround the park. It was very apparent that the Northwest community, that isolation was a barrier. Uh, we were very familiar with this property. We'd looked at it, our team had, and we knew that it had challenges, lots of challenges, but it was the right place to reconnect and bring families together, which is our ultimate goal. Many of our church members, the families in our churches have supported this park from the first day and to continue to support it so that it can remain free to the public because they embrace the idea that we're bringing families into this space, we're creating a connectivity of the community, and we're embracing and building a bridge in the community that no other asset could do in this location. We have a wonderful park. We did it right, and we did it in the right place. So I think that demographically, socially, any, any way you look at it, this is the right place for this park. It has access, it has beauty, it has utilities, it has everything you need. And it's, it's next to the part of town that's been the most underserved since its inception. And so what's not right about it, I guess, is the question. It is the right place. I mean, anybody that's been there will see that. This is a vision which became a reality in a place which is once seen as useless. It's kind of like what you do at the children's home. Sometimes children are seen that way, and you turn that around and you realize that they have great potential. David and Bill understood, along with a great team, that the call to do all the good you can in all the places you can was real. And I love that so many of you here in the church and folks in our community have embraced the idea of doing good, not just here at the church, but in a place which was once avoided. I've learned that many of you have been generous in making this place good. Thank you for that. You have made a beautiful contribution to this community. Thank you. And we're also called to do all the good we can at all the times we can. Certainly places are important, but timing is perfect. In the book of Hebrews, we read about this urgency for doing good, to be a faithful witness for Christ. And in this very real sense, they understand that Christ might return at any moment. And people should not waste that time to exemplify the love of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 10 begins, Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let's not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Well, you've heard, I've heard, that timing is everything. That is true, especially with our witness to the love of God. Now, I want you to remember something. When we reach into those places that others would overlook, and when we use the time when we think, you know, I have other stuff to do, but we make the priority of serving the Lord our time priority, then something incredible happens. People see that. People are more likely to come to Jesus because of what we do than by what we say. 
People watch. They take note of how we use our time to do good. You see, when Hurricane Ian was approaching, we didn't waste our time. We began to prepare how we would help. That help was needed, and it still is. And so we got to work using our time well. Your trust and your generosity launched an amazing effort to help. Relief supplies were needed. We filled and emptied our gym three times. Much-needed supplies were sent to the flood-ravaged areas of Osceola County, to Mayaka City, to Arcadia. Then we sent load after load of supplies down to Fort Myers area. And on top of that, you gave about $60,000 to help with hurricane relief just in the last seven weeks. It's amazing. Your gifts will help with Hurricane Ian and Hurricane Nicole. We needed to respond right away. Do all the good you can and all the times you can. Time was of essence. So we didn't form a committee. We got to work. We didn't sit down and talk about it. We did what we needed to do. Thank you for that. Sometimes, though, we don't take the time to plan, and sometimes we do take time to plan. You've heard me say that we create a church budget by beginning with others. That's taking the time to plan. We began in June of this year to plan for our 2023 giving. Uh, We began specifically with our giving to missions. We were looking at the budget for outreach funding. So two months ago, the Outreach Funding Committee, again, our missions committee, was meeting to finalize our 2023 budget. And one of the members of this church who's on that committee, Gary Cleveland, shared about a request to help our sister church in Camagüey, Cuba. Many of you know about that church there. Every year, that church provides a Christmas meal to over 1,200 of the poorest and most fragile living in Camagüey. Now, they do it in an amazing budget, and it's, it's quite a meal. It's an elaborate meal, but they do it for about $1,200 or $1,000, I should say, to feed 1,200 people. I don't know how they do that, but the scale is different in Cuba. They don't have that much money, but that's what we typically help them with. But they also shared through Gary that there were other needs. They needed to repair the roof of their sanctuary, literally had a hole in it, an eight-foot hole in the roof of their sanctuary. It had been damaged by a storm. There were damaged doors and windows that were beginning to fall apart. And then, of course, we had years ago, about 10 years ago, helped them to build a new education building. Their building long ago had been destroyed by a hurricane. We were rebuilding that in this growing church, and they needed to finish it out. They needed, they said, to do all of this, including the meal, about $12,000. But they said, if you'll just help us with the feeding, we'll be grateful. But I've told you, you've been generous using your time to plan well, and we've been setting those funds aside. So thanks to your generosity, we were able to provide all 12000 Those funds were sent to them in early October of this year. I called Pastor Orlando Jerez. I told him the good news. He had asked that we consider with helping any of these needs, but especially the food. And when I told him that we were able to help with all of the needs, He was overwhelmed. You guys heard the phone call. Timing, you see, is very important. 
So he wrote to me subsequent to that phone call, and he said, I have to confess that I have an incredible emotion because of your call right now. It is an answer from heaven itself. They had been praying about this, and they were hoping just for some money to help with the food, and we answered all their needs. Thank you, because your generosity has made this possible. And now here we are at this season of Thanksgiving and Christmas, and we will continue to use our time to help and make a difference by doing all the good we can in every place, every time we can. We're going to be helping the people served by Peace River Center, which, of course, is that center for folks who are experiencing domestic violence and mental health struggles. We're going to provide holiday meals and Christmas gifts for our neighborhood ministry families. You can pick up a bag out there and fill that up to get ready for Thanksgiving. It'll help them with Christmas and Thanksgiving. We're going to help with Christmas meals and gifts for migrant children and their families. It's been also a tradition of our church. And, of course, don't you love helping with the incredible ministry to the Florida United Methodist Children's Home? All done because of your generosity. And time does not even begin to allow me to tell you all the other things you're doing. They are many. But following Jesus begins with believing. And we know as United Methodists that then we're called to do. To do the things which God tells us are good that are the fruit of our relationship with God. This church does a lot of good. It begins with faith, but then it is seen in what we do. So it's time to plan for 2023. Just two weeks ago, the Finance Committee and the Church Council of this church approved a proposed budget. That's all it is until we weigh in. It's what we believe God is calling us to do in 2023. It's taking shape, and you're part of making it real. As I said to you, in just a few days, you're going to be receiving a mailing from the church. It may or may not be on time, but you'll get it. In that mailing, you're going to find a copy of that 2023 proposed budget because we never ask you to give to something you don't understand. That's important. You need to know what you're giving to. There's a letter there from me talking about this, and there's a pledge card. We send this to you every year. And I think it would be easy just to fill it out and send it in, as we always do. No thought about it, but we don't want you to do that. Begin by praying about it. If God calls us to do good, God has something in mind. And then praying about it helps us connect with God. Then sit down with your family and fill in that pledge card. Decide what you are being called to do. Next Sunday is Pledge Sunday, when we're going to ask you to bring your pledge cards. We'll have copies in the bulletin for you if you didn't get one or didn't bring one, but... You can also complete it online. Just go to the Giving tab on our website. But I want you to know what you're doing represents faithful witness in our world. And this church budget is a visible reminder of what we're doing together to use every time and every place to share the love of Christ. Sometimes it's simply providing a safe and beautiful place for us to worship our children, youth, and adults to gather. Sometimes it's taking the love of Christ into our community, into the world. If you know this church, then you know that we do so all the times we can. My gift, your gift, 
may seem small when we talk about millions of dollars which make up our budget. But folks, it all adds up. Every gift matters. Every pledge represents a gift which joins hundreds of others in doing good. And what a lot of good we do together. This church, on average, gives at least a million dollars every year to missions. That is a lot of good. And we spend every week trying to tell you about some of it, but we never get it all done because it is unbelievable. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. I'm going to retire at the end of this year. But my wife and I will bring our pledge card with yours next week. And the reason we're doing that is because this is also our church, our home church. And we love this church. We believe in what this church is called to do. We want to live our lives doing all the good we can by all the means we can and all the ways we can and all the places we can, every time we can with all the people we can, as long as soever we can. We're going to stand with you. By the way, you ever wonder what happened to Florence Chadwick, that swimmer, the story I began with? Turns out, in 1952, she decided to try it again. But as she started out, there was the fog, and the water was freezing cold, and she couldn't see the shore. But this time, she made it. Because she kept reminding herself that the land was there. And with confidence, she bravely swam on and achieved her goal. In fact, she broke the record held by men by two hours. That's the way we live as Christians. We may not see it, but we have faith that it is there. And so, as the Apostle Paul said, let's never get tired of doing what is good. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for the goodness of what you have provided for us and for the opportunity to share that goodness with others. Help us to use every time, every place, every means to do good as a witness to your love and to build your kingdom. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thinking about the words we were just singing, walking with the Lord. And if we were walking with Jesus, I wonder what he would say if we came across a need. We say, you know, think about it for a while. I know that person's hungry or hurting. They're in some sort of need. Maybe you can call a committee together and, and think about it. Vote on it. Or would he say, let's go over and help my child. That's the way we're leaning and why I want to be a part of this ministry as long as ever I can. With you doing all the good we can, we do it together with the strength of the Lord of the universe, the hope of the world, that very same Jesus Christ. So go in that confidence, go in peace, and go in love. Amen.